In this week's episode of Studiinter, we'll be discussing the match against Spal as well as the draw against Eintracht Frankfurt. We'll be previewing the return leg in the Europa League against Eintracht and the Derby della Madonnina. This week's Moji, Moratti, Frog and Inter Legends and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, on Sempre Inter. Ecco Perisic, uno contro uno, gioco di gambe, guadagna il fondo, il cross, Icardi, e gol, 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 Maurito il Mamba! Sono i blocchi nell'area di rigore, arriva la palla, la prende Messino! Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. Uh, I'm your host, Nima Tavallo Iruzzari, welcoming you back to, uh, to, a, to a pod that's been, that we recorded kind of, uh, well, we recorded last, uh, after the Fiorentina game, but then uh, there were technical issues and also yours truly was so sick, he had a bad case of man flu, so uh, we never got around to publishing that, uh, but uh, we have an extra jam-packed show today and joining us. Uh, uh, we're joined by our good friend, uh, the preview writer for Sempre.com, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Welcome. Hey, guys. Great to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, and uh, we are also uh, joined by the Interlegends uh, writer on uh, soon on YouTube and on Sempre.com, Mr. Critty Smith. Hey, everyone. How you doing? We're good. And we are also joined by our good friend, uh, media personality from London, Mr. Will Beckman. Good evening. You've got to stop calling me that, but I'll let you go for another week. <laughs> Great. And also uh, making his uh, debut on Studio Inter. Uh, he's a journalist and broadcaster in Milan for Sport Mediaset, uh, Daily Mail, uh, UEFA. He also commentates Serie A uh, on in front sports. Many of you recognize his voice. Welcome back to, stu- uh, welcome to Studio Inter, Mr. Sheridan Bird. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, people of Inter. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, commentator of Milan. Um, right, let's get to it. Um, uh, let's, uh, I mean, Inter, uh, after the game against Fiorentina, Inter, uh, things were pretty, pretty rough uh, and it got worse, loss against Cagliari. Um, but now it seems to have the worst kind of storm uh, at Inter seems to have kind of laid down a little bit, in terms, at least in terms of uh, the Cardi situation. I'm very keen to hear what you think of it, uh, Sheridan. Uh, what with with Wanda and, uh, and Inter? Do you think he'll stay at Inter? Um, I think he will not be at Inter next season. But you're right; it has calmed down a bit. The worst is over. Um, the bloodletting has taken place. Um, you know, it was um, we've spoken about it before in, in that uh, ghost podcast you mentioned uh, <laughs> that basically the, the tough decisions were made by Marotta. That's why Inter hired him to shake things up and just to let the players know that there was no more mucking around. And it got quite nasty, quite awkward there, January, February. But it's spring now in Milan. Um, and I think just there are signs that Inter are getting back to uh, an even keel. And everyone, I think, is um, just starting to uh, just be a bit more relaxed. The, the only problem now for Inter, I think, is just the, the massive injury list. Agree, agree. Uh, Will, I'll hand you over to Will. If you... Hello. Yes, I'm here. Um I'm actually tempted to ask the same question that I asked a couple of weeks ago, because actually I'm wondering if there might be a a different answer. Um, Icardi hasn't played yet. Obviously, we don't know really what's going on. It's a very fluid situation. But 
there are still some reports that suggest that you know a, a solution is a long way away. So, in a in a hypothetical world where he doesn't play again until the end of the season, maybe he decides to have this operation that keeps being mooted. Can Inter finish in the top four ahead of ahead of Roma and and Lazio? Because I still don't trust this this new narrative that he's going to come back soon. We still feel like there's another negative twist. So if the worst were to happen. Is Lautaro and Cater enough? Well, I think Lautaro showed at the weekend that he uh, he really is a good uh, a good option for Icardi. Um, the knee injury, you're right, we don't know, but he and his wife says that his knee hurts, so we, we have to believe him. Only he knows what's happening. The pain in his knee. I mean, it is um it is a ridiculous situation though. That <laughs> in in the sense that if he doesn't play between now and uh, June the thirtieth. Um, his value will go down, which will hurt Inter. It will hurt him. Uh, you know, Real Madrid have got Zidane in, um, which is the big news for today um, or, or whenever whenever your listeners are listening to. The big news when we are recording this is Zidane. And I have to say, Icardi doesn't strike me as a, a Zidane-style player. So you could argue that that's one, uh, one avenue has been blocked off. Um, he's, so, he's so important to Inter, though. They will need it between now and the end of the season in the battle for a Champions League spot and the Europa League. They will need him. You need your best players and uh, whatever's been happening, all the shenanigans and silliness, he is a guarantee of goals and goals in big matches. So uh, I hope for Inter's sake that they can get him back fit on the pitch, the training ground and get him in the team because Lautaro is doing well. But uh, you, you can't go without a player of Icardi's stature and you know when, when things really do, when the big matches start to come regularly. Uh, Mo, did you have a question for Sheridan? Yeah, my question is uh, pretty much along the same uh, lines as well of uh, what we asked in that Phantom pod. But uh, is it, like uh, assuming that uh, things uh, all sides reconcile and and uh, Icardi is taken back into the fold, is this a player to be trusted? I mean, you talk about him being needed in the big matches, and there are big matches. No, uh, non non bigger than arguably bigger than the derby of next weekend uh is is this player i mean inter have relied on him so for so so many years will this player still be uh as dependable for the squad or has there or do you think that there might be a fracture that that is irreparable at this point at this point in time uh, there could well be a fracture in the dressing room that we probably won't find out about for you know for years when the the players write their uh, their biographies. Obviously, Akad has already done a very exciting biography, <laughs> but we won't we won't get into that one. But now the thing the thing is that it's in his interest between now and the end of the season. It's in Akad's interest to be really good because he if he really does want to leave and it's just hyperbole that we want to stay in Milan, we love the city. The only way he's going to do that is by is by playing very, very well and scoring important goals. And the other thing, I don't know if you guys have discussed it, but just very briefly, moving from Icardi to Perisic, a few of my friends here in uh, in Milan who cover Inter for the Italian dailies, they've been saying that Peric, Perisic now knows that if he's going to get a big move in the summer, which is apparently what he wants, the only way to do that is to be brilliant. It's not to sulk and it's not to, um, you know, it's not to, it's not to, 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 play in a, in a style that doesn't befit someone who would attract a big club. So, you know, Perisic and Icardi, I think that they will have really strong ends to the season because it's in their interest. And, and the Inter fans might think, well, that's great if they're only doing that to get the hell out of here. That doesn't really help us. But actually, in a funny way, it does because it helps all parties. 
Mm, yeah. So, so sorry. I just want to follow up on that. You know, um, I, I agree completely. No one's no one is hurt by this uh, by by drawing this uh, fiasco out long more than Icardi. Inter have uh, fully amortized him. Uh, so any sale, 20, 30, 50, whatever million is is an absolute profit uh, in, in in plus valenza terms on the Inter books. So Inter, any, any price they get for Icardi is a win because they never really had intended on, 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 on selling him. So and Lautaro is demonstrating that he is a, he's a capable um, player that you can build a future on. So you don't really need a, a star player. The only player that really needs to get his his act together, the only party that needs to get their act together in this entire thing is Icardi. But all he's shown us so far is the exact opposite of that, which is what makes me wonder if, in fact, he has understood what Perisic has clearly understood. And that is, if you want to move out and move out in a way that befits your opinion of yourself, you need to perform. And that's that, that's that's really what I keep going round and round again and not not like this is the one bit of the puzzle that just doesn't make sense to me. Why, why is Icardi harming himself the most by his own actions? I, I get what... Sense. Sure, no, I get completely what you're saying. And I and I think there, there was a lot of hurt pride in this whole agenda, him losing the captain's armband. But I do think the penny will drop and I think that he'll realise once he sort of gets back on the training pitch that, yeah, it's a bit embarrassing. The first game, I don't think he'll get a great reception at San Siro or the uh, Giuseppe Miazza uh, when he goes, when he next game he plays at home. I think there might be some uh, some controversial songs sung or uh, he might get some abuse. But I think the penny will drop and, and he'll think, actually, I've got to make the best of this. This situation is a disaster. It's really damaged my my brand, if you will, and my uh, my my future potentially potentially. But I think the next time he uh, when he gets back to regular training and when he gets back to to playing in the um, in the team, I think I think he'll realise for himself that he's got to put it all behind him, swallow his pride, accept that he's not captain anymore, and score loads of goals. So I think he's a professional. He's got his pride. He's also got his ambitions. So I think I think we will see some important goals between now and the end of the season um, from Icardi. Um, Critty? Uh, yes, um, I'm just trying, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around why uh, Icardi would need to play again this season uh, because in my mind, everyone, all the sporting directors in the world know what he's capable of. So if he doesn't play again, Everyone knows that he scores goals. Everyone knows he's a prolific striker. Everyone knows that he is capable of carrying and putting a whole team on his back at any given point in the match, no matter how big the opponent. So really, if he comes back to San Siro and he's rusty, or comes back in the squad and he's rusty, um, I, I can only see that hurting him. If I put the logic behind it, I'm, I'm, and I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this, it might be beneficial to him just to stay on the bench the rest of the season and just let everyone know what they already know about him because the offers will come in. Inter's going to get offers. I don't think that um, people are going to reduce the price tag too much on him because at the end of the day, they all know what a, that what a healthy Icardi is worth. So uh, help me understand why he really needs to play again this season because because other than the brand damage, which obviously he's done, and brands can always be repaired, I, I think that everyone knows, whether it's Real Madrid, Barcelona, it's going to be a big player that ends up ultimately buying him off of Inter. They all know what he's capable of when he's at his best. And I have this weird feeling that come next August, Icardi will be at his best again, just not in intercolor. So why is it that he needs to play again this season? 
Well, I think, like I was saying, I think it's pride. I think if Inter do get past the next, uh, this this current round of the Europa League against Eintracht Frankfurt, you know, there's a, suddenly a sniff of a big trophy, a trophy that Inter have a very good relationship with. And I'm sure he'd be, he'd love to be part of that. Perhaps he would have dreamed of lifting it as the captain of the Champions League. But there is the fact that there's, there could be a big trophy at, um, you know, at play, which would obviously help his profile a lot. So I think, I think it's it's pride. And I also think, the other, the other thing worth remembering is that if people from clubs that are potentially interested in Icardi are watching this, they might be thinking, well, he's a bit of a spoiled brat. He's a bit of a baby. He hasn't done himself. He hasn't done his image any favours with this whole charade. So if you are watching this, if there's a potential suitor watching this and they, they realise that he's got this injury and if he doesn't appear to be interested in playing football anymore, you know, even though he's scored all those goals that you mentioned and been so effective in all those matches previously, you know, it makes him look like a bit of a, a big baby. And if you're one of the uh, one of the, the, the big cheeses at a, a very big club in Spain or Germany or the Premier League or whatever, you might think, well, this guy's a bit of a liability. And the other side of that coin, if he gets back down to work, accepts that he's not captain anymore, reintegrates himself, ignores all the problems, all the whispers, all the gossip. And he has an amazing spring, an amazing end to the season. People might think, actually, he has grown up. He is mature. We can count on him. That's just my view. But that's what I think. That's why I think it's in his interest to, to get back on the pitch and do some amazing things. I think um, my, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, but the only thing I, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, uh, like analyzing where we can go. And based on how she behaved yesterday, uh, I, I just love the fact that now Inter's um, week is determined not whether or not if they win on Sunday, but whether or not um, Wanda gets into it with Antonio Cassano uh, at 1 a.m. at uh, on Sport Media set. Um, how, but the way she got into it yesterday and the way she spoke yesterday, to me, it seems she was um, they she was humbled. I think she's kind of realized that they played a big game, a high stakes game, which they lost. And I think that a little bit uh, legs with uh, the, you know, the tail between the legs situation uh, with them. I don't think, I think that they overplayed their hand a little bit. And I honestly think that there is actually a chance now that he might stay at Inter. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because of the way she continuously said, Icardi wants to stay, Icardi wants to stay, Icardi wants to stay, whilst also saying that, uh, we're all interisti. We watch the game at home. I speak to Marotta more than I speak to Mauro. This kind of family, uh, this vibe I got from her of trying to create that, you know, these kinds of arguments happen in, in all families. And, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I think one way that would facilitate uh, him staying at Inter is if he came back in the derby and he scored and won the game for Inter. I think it will all be forgotten. Um, what, what what do you think, Sheridan? Well, exactly. He's got the best opportunity to uh, to, to come back and try and win his uh, his place back in the Inter fans' hearts. I agree with you. What you're saying about Wanda is that she is now very pouring it on very thick with the we are we are Inter and we love Inter stuff. And again, you were right with the other comment that they they played they played their cards and their cards fell off the table. Uh, put it that way, and uh, the <laughs> other and it all went a bit wrong. So yeah, you're right. The um, yeah, they're now pouring it on really thick with the stuff about how they want to stay in the city and their their children love it and they're they're black and blue through and through and that kind of thing. And <laughs> uh, uh, and the derby would be would be an excellent occasion for him to come back. And and the, the other thing about football is that fans forgive 
so quickly if you do something good on a football pitch. People have got away. People have got away with so much. They've been, oh, we're never gonna, we're never gonna support him again. We're gonna boo him. He's dead to us. He's, he's not fit to wear our shirt. And then about two weeks later, everyone forgets. And that is that's the, that's the beauty of football, or you can call it hypocrisy. It doesn't really matter. But there are so many players that have been. Um, you know, remember that Chelsea banner a few years ago that was uh, having a pop at Azard, Fabregas, and I can't remember who the other one was, Diego Costa, for getting Mourinho the sack. Yeah. And, uh, and then not long after that, they, uh, they won the league with Antonio Conte, um, and, and everyone had more or less forgotten. So football's got a very short memory. So Icardi, will, it'll be a strange reception he gets when he makes his comeback, particularly at home. Um, and there'll be, you know, his wife will continue to be, um, you know, insulted on social media and that kind of thing. But if he scores that, if, if Inter are losing in the derby, don't panic, guys, but it's just a hypothesis. If Inter are losing in the derby and there's 10 minutes left, it's 2-0, Piontek and Pakitasko. Icardi comes on, everyone's a bit, well, we want to cheer him, but his wife's a bit, you know, a bit, uh, she says silly things, blah, blah, blah. And then he scores three goals. Everyone's forgotten, and it's, yeah. that's, that's the magic of football. The magic or stupidity, you choose the phrase. Yeah, no, I, I honestly think that. I think, I think it's kind of, because I've been really, really depressed going into this derby for weeks, um, because I, I just, ha- I just the way Piontek is, I mean, Piontek is giving Shevchenko vibes. Uh, and and it's and I hated those years with passion uh, because Shevchenko was 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 a nightmare and he always scored against Inter um, and and he's been giving me those vibes and so have Paqueta and 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 therefore th- that's why I saw when I saw that yesterday and I I'm thinking if he can start training uh, this week then then I think there is an opening it all depends on him and as you said I think that if he were to score two three goals and win it and give one of those magical performances that he's given in the past I think we can really 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 start talking about him staying at the club I really think so absolutely um, and don't sorry to interrupt but don't forget that what you described about Shevchenko uh, I felt momentarily sad for you it made me chuckle but I felt <laughs> Milan fans feel about Icardi because he nearly always scores yeah. against Cousins so you know it'll be a battle of the two men the two men that give the other fans um, give the right. other fans strife and I agree with what you're saying about Pionte I've got lots of friends who are Milan fans as well as Inter fans friends who are Inter fans here in the city and they are in, they are in, in love with uh, with Pionte just as Icardi uh, Inter were with Icardi up until what January so um, the derby is the place to do it if, if Pionte scores the winner he'll become even more of a hero and if Icardi does something significant or scores the winner or even scores two goals, he'll be all forgiven and it'll be hugs and pats on the back and wonder Icardi, wonder Nada will be will be on media sets smiling and high-fiving everyone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. Um, before we let you go, just quickly, um, uh, as we did last time, but uh, that never was, that disappeared. Uh, your top six, six to one, and Capocannoniere. Okay, I can't remember what I said last time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shock. I think you. I think you said Juventus were going to win. Yeah, the league. I'm gonna shock, <laughs> I'm gonna shock you again. I think Juventus is gonna win uh, Serie A team. Mm. Uh, second, I think will be Napoli. Mm. This is where it gets controversial. Um, I don't want I don't want to be abused. I can switch off my computer. <laughs> I can close my laptop in the blink of an eye. Okay, guys, I think the team that will come third in the Italian uh, first division of professional football wear red and black stripes, mm. not Foggia. All right, but uh, I think Milan that's will my, come. That's my gag gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I think in, I think Inter will will grab fourth place, mm. and then then I think uh, Roma will have a resurgence under old uh, old Claudio, and then it's Atalanta Lazio, and I I honestly 
I don't know. I think Lazio. I think Lazio will disappoint. So I think Atalanta will come sixth. Um, I think that's all. I think that's the top six uh, I, I've done. Uh, but the, the Champions League places, yeah, the two Milan clubs, the two Milan clubs, uh, Juventus and Napoli. Top scorer, uh, I think Piontek is already pretty high. So it's between. It's not particularly inspiring, I know, but it's between him and Cristiano Ronaldo. No one else is going to sort of uh, get into that group. So I, I think. I think um, Piontek doesn't take penalties, I don't think, or free kicks. No. But then again, Cristiano Ronaldo's free kicks are really bad. So, um, you know, it's a difficult one. But, yeah, I think Piontek and Ronaldo will be the top scorers. Nice one. Um, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for coming on again. And we'll definitely have you on more times if you've got time to. And if people want to follow you on Twitter, where, what's your handle? <laughs> my handle, uh, it's like I said last time, my handle... <laughs> I'm not very exciting on Twitter. I, I I don't go on it very often. But if people have got, if people really have such little activity in their lives, they're welcome to come. <laughs> they're, they're welcome. They're welcome to come and follow me. My handle is literally my name. It's at Sheridan Bird. Um, it's a picture of me and Chicho Graziani. Is my uh, is my nav- uh, avatar? I think the young people say. Um, so they're welcome to follow me. I don't really do much on Twitter, and what I do do is pretty pointless. But uh, they're welcome. <laughs> they're welcome to follow me. Thank you. Get do. following, folks. Yeah. Oh my God, that is, uh, that is the best like uh, you know spot for for follow me on Twitter I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> don't follow me. I'm shit. I'm boring. Oh no, I didn't say that. I'm, I'm shit. I just said that you know it's, it's, I don't, I'm not controversial for various. Let's say for contractual reasons, ah. I can't. I can't say half the things I want to say. Uh, so, you know, I can't really, um, you know, it, it's, I try and put funny stuff on there. Uh, occasionally it, it, it hits a target. Other times it's just, I, I delete it myself after about seven minutes. Uh, but it's not, it, there's no rudeness. Um, and uh, I've got now, I've got so many friends who work at various football clubs. I can't be too cheeky about football clubs that uh, I used to once give a bit of a lighthearted abuse to. But, you know, it, I try and have some fun. So, yeah, join us. And get my followers <laughs> followers up to fifteen because I don't really have that many followers anymore. <laughs> Brilliant! Thank you so much. Cheers! Sharon. My pleasure. Ciao. Bye bye, guys. Enjoy the Ciao. derby. Thank you. Sharon. Grazie. Ciao. Bye bye. Ciao. <laughs> right. Um. Let's, let's briefly talk a little bit about the spal because spal game because I was a real a little bit annoyed um as I think you saw my uh, mo and you gave us a little cheeky like uh, I was furious when they when they disallowed that uh, Lautaro goal because I don't think it follows. Uh, I don't think it was handball. I really don't. I think it was wrong, uh, and I was, uh, I was, and I was really, really annoyed. Um, uh, I've, I've spoken to people who are referees, and they say that well, you, you know, you can call it both ways. But I, I, to me, that was that was that was one of those calls that put me a little bit over the edge, because to me it was like. I mean, just walk off the pitch. What's the point? This league, that, I got that. I got. I got that fed up with it. Um, uh, Will was I? Was I as always? Was I? Was I exaggerating? Uh, well, it was annoying, not least because it was a lovely goal. It was uh, beautiful. And, I mean, and he wow. deserved to score it. Um, no, I, I do think it's the right decision, but I think no. Had I been watching the game live, I would have been annoyed as well. Um, so. Uh, as far as I'm aware, yeah, it's it's quite marginal, but the the replays, I think, showed that there was a, a touch on his arm. So um, no, I, I think it was the right call. But it was it was frustrating. It was also a little bit frustrating what happened when Politano scored because I think there were a lot of people that would oh. pointed out that that Calvarese looked almost disappointed when he had to 
to um, to give the goal. But uh, he looked like he wanted to cry. It was like he was. He, yeah. looked, he looked really, really annoyed. Just, yeah, he's oh. maybe he was tired. <laughs> yeah, let's let's. Yeah, that's, that's, that's his story, and he's sticking to it. Um, no, I think I think I think um, if if he hadn't used his arm to control it, the ball would have got away from Lautaro. So I I think he probably should have to disallow it. Okay, Mo. Have you changed your mind from, uh, from uh, or, or like? Yeah, you... no. Look, I I I I, uh, I agree with Will insofar as that I think uh, that incident alone uh, was probably correctly uh, disallowed on a technicality. But uh, it was more it was more the the way they uh, they really like went through a fine co- a fine tooth comb. For the Politano goal to try and oh. you know find anything, anything you know, <laughs> exactly. uh, <laughs> like it, it really, it really drove me nuts. It really drove me nuts. Uh, uh, but you know, what can you do? You know, it, it, it like it, it is what it is. This is this is. I mean, it's it's the, these moments that uh, great sides get built, great inter sides in particular get built. It's mm. it's. True. Overcoming these, you know, these injustices and these, you know, the Fiorentina match and oh. the the ridiculous uh, list of uh, the re- ridiculous list of injuries. I think, you know, I, I think I alluded to this in the preview. You know, this this was definitely not going to be an easy match, uh, and I think a win here is far more valuable. It's going to be far more valuable than just the three points, especially at this point in time. You know, so. Uh, and and you know, given the performance of Lautaro, I think that that you know the, the variety in scores, the fact that your number nine performed so so capably in such a tough match, and we took away the the, the three points at home in a trap, in the, like the clear definition of what a trap game is, uh, you know, is is one of the reasons why we go into the derby with a modicum of confidence and uh, Icardi's uh, camp. Uh, reluctantly, are showing some some signs of uh, appeasement now. Mm. Um, Critty, uh, I'm 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 kind of keen to hear because you're our little you're our in-house uh, German football expert. So uh, I mean, the, the the game against Eintracht was really a game of it was it was a game with two faces. The first half, I thought Inter was surprisingly really good. I will never understand why Marcelo Brozovic takes penalties, but apparently he does, but he shouldn't. But and then in the second half, we saw the Eintracht we were expecting. Um, I mean, you got the derby on Sunday. Inter are decimated in the Europa League already, and by and and now it's it's it, the, the suspensions are 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 are, are, are raining in like hail. Um, I mean, what 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 can we you know what can we expect going into into the Eintracht game? Well, the first leg uh, went exactly as Frankfurt wanted it. I believe you know to a lot of people the names. Uh, Trapp, Hinteregger, Jetro Williams, uh, Danny De Costa, Ante Rebic, uh, Sebastian Rode, and uh, Luka Jovic and Sebastian Halle might not mean a lot, you know, for Serie A fans, but for Bundesliga followers, they mean a lot. Uh, those are big names in the German league, and Frankfurt uh, sits right now in the top six. They're in a Europa League place yet again. They are the defending. Uh, they're already out of the tournament, but they are until someone else wins it. They are the defending and reigning. Uh, uh, German uh, DFB Pokal winners. They beat Bayern uh, like an oil drum in 3-1 in the final last season um, with Bayern's current coach, uh, Nico Kovac. This is a very talented Frankfurt side, and they can attack. They can, they can, um, it's what the Germans call uh, the, the, 
I would say it's tr it's translated into transition football, but it's umschalt uh, fußball is is what they actually call call it, and, and they can they can basically flip on a dime and go from a defending position to an attacking position. And Frankfurt is a very good attacking team with a uh, a trident of Halle, Jovic, and Ribic up front, uh, and. This is this is a team that I believe played exactly for that nil nil draw at home, and mm. they're going for. They basically think uh, the philosophy is you'll see a different Frankfurt uh, come out uh, in in the second leg and 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 go at Inter, go for the throat, the jugular. Scoring one goal should probably do the trick because uh, I would look for Inter to equalize, and one one at home means you go home. Uh, you are out of the Europa League if you're an Inter fan, and for Frankfurt, you advance to the quarterfinals. I think this is a very precarious position for Inter to be in. I really think that that away goal last week would have done them a wonder of, of, of good, and unfortunately, they were unable to, to get it. Um, this, this Frankfurt team should not be taken lightly. Uh, they are still very much in play for Champions League football in the uh, Bundesliga. Uh, that's, uh, you know, RB Leipzig. Borussia mentioned Gladbach. They are up and down this season. They 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 win some, they lose some, they draw some. Frankfurt has been pretty consistent. Uh, so they are have taken this competition very seriously. They have not lost a single game in the Europa League this season. They took all 18 points out of 18 in the group stage, and so far I believe they have seven wins, two draws, and no losses. So Inter are going to have their hands full uh, with this Eintracht Frankfurt team uh, when the second leg comes, and and they really need to do everything they can to prevent against an away goal because I believe one away goal should probably do the trick. Mm, right, that's 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 pretty much my analysis as well. And especially going into the derby, I want Inter to focus on the derby and the Serie A. Um, I think the Europa League, you know, one one draw and and leave that way is is I can I can live with that. I can totally live with that because I think the focus should be the derby. Um, but but uh, what is what is your take on that, Will? I was just thinking the same thing, actually. Um, I mean, it's it's a in general, I, I hate the idea that we should not take competition seriously because I think in the long term that's damaging to a team that doesn't have a, a pre-established winning mentality. Um, you can't choose which games you want to win; it doesn't work. But this is a fairly critical situation, you know. Um, and I, the the best way that I can put it is that I'm actually not that disappointed that Lautaro is suspended for this match. With the derby three days away, mm, um, I agree. It's, it's you know it's it's awkward, and I, I do not want to say that I don't want Inter to go through because you know I, I do instinctively, and you know if, if Inter don't go through, you know that the media are going to pile on them in those three days before the derby, and then if the derby goes wrong as well, you've got two weeks of an international break where everything's going to feel like it's it's falling down again. So that <laughs> makes me that makes me sort of um, doubt myself slightly. But you know Inter can't win this competition. You know I think if we get through. We'll go through. We'll go out in the next round. You look at the other teams that are going through. I would. I don't think I'd back into against any of them. And you know, we are suddenly in a top four fight that we didn't expect to be in. So, it's it, as long as it's not a, a bad performance and a three 0 defeat, then you know, a one all, I can probably live with that. Um, it, it's it's a it's a very difficult one. Um, so we'll just see what happens, and I'll I'll just take the positive, whichever way it is. Well, speaking <laughs> I, of. Uh, I was going to say, uh, sorry, Mr. Posi uh, yeah. Mr. Positivity, no, I, I <laughs> come in. <laughs> I can't disagree with you guys uh, anymore. You know, like uh, I think it's. I, I think first of all, I think that uh, the the Europa League is a. Uh, you know, if if we look at uh, our our 
pre-season ambitions or our early season ambitions and look at the sides that are left in the Europa League, assuming that Arsenal bow out at this stage, then it's a very winnable competition for us. I mean, not very winnable, but it's as, it's as likely as us finishing in the top three. Uh, I also think that you, you don't build legacies by, by uh, looking to bow out of any competition that you're in. It's, it's embarrassing enough that we had to, to leave the Coppa Italia. Um, and I also think that for the derby, uh, you don't need any extra motivation. Whoever, like, whatever starting 11 step on the pitch that day or the other seven or eight on the bench, they're, going, they're not going to need any motivation. They're going to give their all anyway. And after the derby, it's a two-week international break. So it's perfect time for everyone, you know, just redline everyone, go, you know, balls to the wall and, 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 and try and make this happen. But from what I saw, I, I, you know, and I, I, again, you know, uh, I, I don't want to step on, you know, your, your, your area of expertise, uh, Kriti, in, in, uh, in, you know, uh, your, your far superior uh, understanding of Bundesliga. But from, from where I was sitting, uh, Eintracht looked like a very, beat, very beatable side at home, you know, so I think if like all things considered and the fact that, you know, like you said, uh, Nima, Lautaro, I mean, we have the, we have the, the, the counterintuitive, you know, benefit of having Lautaro already uh, forcibly off the pitch on Thursday. So that means that everyone else can, you know, go, go, go for it, play, win. There's, there's absolutely no reason not to. And then suddenly you're in the quarterfinals and you're you're two matches away from a from a European final, so I I I I, I respectfully uh, disagree. Uh, I think we should uh, these coming two games uh, with the momentum currently behind the team and and, and uh, you know uh, things seemingly back on the mend. I think uh, there's no reason at all why we shouldn't go for uh, two consecutive wins and two probably pivotal moments of the season. I don't I don't, I don't disagree with that. With that. You know, I don't have a fully formed opinion on it. As like I said, you know, I I, I do see the spectre of two weeks of, of media massacre if these games go wrong. You know, but I would reiterate what I said before: Inter cannot win this competition, right? I just I just can't. I cannot see it, right? Fulvio has been banging this drum on Twitter for for weeks. The Europa League is first and foremost about intensity, and we don't have it. And we're not going to have it. If you look at the calendar we've got coming up, there are tough games coming up. We've got a, a squad that is that is falling apart a little bit up front. And, you know, there are three players that we can't even pick in the Europa League because of the, the FFP restrictions. It's not going to happen. Right? I, I, as a rule of thumb, I, I feel bad saying this because I, yeah. do, I agree. Like, I, as far as the Coppa Italia agree, is, I, that's, that for me is the most annoying thing that Inter have done this season. Exactly. That's the biggest failure that we've done this season to lose that match. But... This is, it's not going to happen. And, and I don't think, uh, you know, start of season objectives are, are really relevant anymore because, you know, we didn't think that, we didn't know that Icardi was going to disappear midway through the season. We didn't know that, <laughs> you know, well, this was going to happen. You know, things, things our circumstances change. Um, yeah. So we just got to get over the line in the league and then reset a lot of things in the summer. So, indeed. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's a good thing to go ahead. If we go ahead, I'm not going to be sad, but let's be clear. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I you're wanna... just going to cry, won't you? Cry yeah. yourself to sleep. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I, I look at it that way, too. But I, I, I agree with Fulvio's, and, and that's kind of why I asked the question, is because I, I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it, because I personally don't think so either. I don't think 
Uh, I think Napoli, Chelsea, Arsenal, Sevilla, Valencia, these teams are intensity teams. Sure, Inter can, can and, and in a normal situation, the Inter that started, uh, you know, that, that, that were on that run after the Tottenham game, that Inter can compete for the Champions League. But this is, a, this is not the same situation. I mean, it's basically been a civil war uh, for the past <laughs> eight weeks. Um, you have a you, you have an injury situation where where Brozovic looks exhausted. Uh, Miranda got his nose broken and, and and barely had a yellow car. You know, barely got a free kick. I mean, there's so many there's so many players that look that look tired and and injured and 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 and, and the, the entire mentality the, the team looks tired mentally. I don't think Inter have. That's why I think Inter can't can't win it. Um, that, that's that, that's why I think that it's better to bow that bow out respectfully. One one home because one one at home against a, a team like Eintracht Frankfurt. They, they, you know that that's that's not a that's not a disaster. That's not a shame. But 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 so so I agree. I I think that you know I I I'd rather Inter Inter bowed out and focused on the Serie A just to get the ship into port, and then you have three months to reset and no and no international tournaments as well. Yeah, um, Inter Inter have had two sort of um, dentro forty matches this season. You know, in or out, PSV. And Lazio, mm. they both went wrong. So there's no evidence to suggest that this team has the mentality to win a tournament that is based on, you know, knockout competitions. You know, they beat, well, they beat Benevento, right, and Rapid Vienna. But, you know, <laughs> okay, well God, done. God, they were awful, Rapid Vienna. Yeah, they what were really a bad. horrible team that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, right. Um, well, well, let me say, yeah, let go, me for say one more go for it. Go for it, go for it. If if Eintracht Frankfurt looked beatable in the first leg, then Inter damn well should have beaten them because you mm. could very well see an entirely different Frankfurt in the second half, uh, second yeah. leg, simply because they take this competition serious. They are they have not played Champions League football in the history of the competition. They last time that they played in a major European tournament was the European Cup. I think you have to go all the way back to the 60s, I believe, for Frankfurt. If you want to look that one up, I think that's right. They, they're they a Europa League team. That is like, they're like the Atalanta of Germany. Like, that's the that's the best that they're, that they can ever look forward to. So, besides, you know, a top six finish for them is, is few and far between. They have the team and they have the horses this year to actually, to actually comfortably finish within the top six, but that's not a typical year for them. The way they typically get into the Europa League is to win the DFB Pokal, which is what they did last season. Um, this is a better team than that, and that team wiped Bayern Munich off the face of the earth. Um, it's fine. Inter can beat them, absolutely. It's not a question of whether Inter has more talent from 1 to 11 on the pitch. The fact is the mindset, the mentality. Yeah, Frankfurt that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that's what will make the difference. Mindset than Inter, and I don't know if it's wise... Or because I believe wholeheartedly with I think we're in agreement on this. I don't think any of us think that they can win the Europa League, um, not with Chelsea still in the tournament, not with Arsenal perhaps still in the tournament, depending on what they do against Ren. Um, I definitely think that Sevilla. There's something about Sevilla in the Europa League. I just uh, I know Unai Emery is no longer there, but I just Sevilla just seems to win this tournament at will. Um, and of course Napoli. I would not this season put money on Inter beating Napoli over two legs. Oh, can you imagine um, that? Oh, oh that would be awful. Especially after what happened in December. So, yeah, yeah, yeah um, no. And also because, 
in, you know, sort of um, domestic derbies in Europe are crap as well because it kind of defeats the point of European competition. So no, mm. no, no. <laughs> right, we do have a we have a really important game on Sunday night. It's the Derby della Madonnina, and I kind of you know I've already kind of touched on it there with Sher- when Sheridan was on. I am bricking it. Uh, this Piontek, this Piontek is like the, when he when the way he celebrates his goals, I have nightmares about that. Like it, it's just everything about boom. Like when he does that, I just see him scoring three goals against Inter and being 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 that being that Shevchenko type character that 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 haunts and 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 just you know is a scourge of Inter for the next decade. Like that is. That it really, it really, really. That this is the first Milan player in such a long time that I actually fear. I, I didn't fear the other players. Uh, the last time I feared a, a Milan player was um, was was uh, Kaká when he was at his best. Um, since then, I haven't feared any Milan players. This guy, I actually fear. Um, and and it's not just him. This Paqueta looks great. Uh, their defense looks solid. And what 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 scares me the most is the fact that Gattuso, I think, will play defensively and go for the counter attack. Only this time he has the players to play like that. And I'm afraid that Spalletti is too stubborn and will go right into that trap. I'm scared of this. These are the things I'm scared of. Uh, am I paranoid, or do you guys agree? Uh, will. Well, the good news, Nima. Is that, <laughs> as always, you know how it works with the derby. The underdog wins, apparently. Yeah. I don't know if there are any statistics to actually support this. but Nonsense. Uh, logic. Nonsense. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, no, they're all legitimate concerns. Um, Piontek hasn't played against Inter yet, because you remember that when we played Genoa back in uh, November, they rested him. Uh, mm. <laughs> because yeah. uh, he, played, he played Milan during the week, so he hasn't actually had a chance to get into... Uh, uh, Skriniar or Divra yet, so uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I find it interesting that in October, this guy, the, the, the whole narrative was Icardi versus Higuain, and prob- there's a good chance that neither of them will play this game. It's going to be Lataro <laughs> and, and Piontek, which is, mm. which is a much fresher. Um, oh, he, he feels like the kind of player who could score a goal. Um, you know, I, I would perhaps say that, you know, given the run that Icardi's had in Derby, it's about time that Milan had someone who did it the other way around. Um, it's been a while since they won a derby in the league as well. I think it's 2014, the last time they won the derby. So, um, oh no, sorry, 2016 with Mancini, obviously, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, the, the stars could align. But uh, as I said, I, I think I'm slightly less pessimistic than I was this time a week ago. Um, I like the fact that we kept two clean sheets against Frankfurt and Spal because we know that, let's not kid ourselves, our strong point is the defence. So if that falls down, then you know we're, there's going to be a lot of trouble between now and the end of the season. So that does give me hope. Um, it is interesting what you said about Gattuso, because obviously last time when we had this debate with James Horcastle in October, you basically said, you know, Milan are, are dying because Gattuso will make them play like this in the derby for, you know, 10 years and it will make all the derbies bad matches. Um, but that could be what that could be what gets them the, the win on this occasion. I don't know. It's it's a toss of a coin. I'd be I, I, I think I would be happy to get out of there with the draw. So in that sense, I do agree with you. Um, I'm just relieved that this Frankfurt game is at home this week rather than having the away leg this yeah, week because that yeah. would have been a real problem. That was that would, that you know, would have been horrible. That was yeah. my only condition with the draw for the last 16 is that we had the second leg at home because this is yeah. a key match for the Champions League. So, mm. ooh, yeah, I, 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 I don't necessarily disagree with all of your 
fears. I maybe don't fear it as much, but um, it's it's a it's an interesting game. It's it's very finely poised, um, and I would be happy with a draw. Mo, you're always Mister Positivity. Uh, yeah, make me, make no me so positive. <laughs> make me <laughs> positive. <laughs> <laughs> By, by the way, uh, do we still have a, a, a swearing ban on this podcast, or can we, uh, can we uh, no, no, swear no again? Swear, no swearing, no swearing. Okay. <laughs> in that case, yeah, I see no reason why we can't freaking beat them, beat them in this match, you know. Uh, <laughs> freaking, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Freaking, Look, yeah. The, the, way I, the way I see it, if, uh, if uh, Gattuso plays on the counter-attack, um, then I think uh, the current the current form of the Inter uh, attacking module, whatever module you throw in there, whether it's uh, João Mario with Politano and uh, and Lautaro, whether it's uh, Perisic with uh, Lautaro and uh, Politano, whatever, there'll be too there'll it'll be too much for. Uh, of course, this is you know this is pending pending. Uh, an assessment of Brozovic's condition, so it's all. I, I feel it's all contingent upon upon Brozovic's uh, ability to uh, to compete at full uh, fitness in, in in this match. But if Brozovic can compete at full uh, compete at full fitness in this match, I think it'll be a big mistake for Gattuso again to play on the counter attack and give give uh, like see the midfield battle for Inter. However, if they decide to try and attack us. You know, we'll see. We'll see how that works out because I, uh, we've said we, we uh, uh, ScreenYard and DeVry haven't been tested. And I think the biggest benefit, you said the biggest benefit of the, uh, the last two matches were two clean sheets. But, you know, more importantly, against Spal, a clean sheet against uh, Petania and Paloski without uh, ScreenYard on, on the field. And we know, we know for a fact, you know, uh, the ref Calvarese would have definitely given uh, ScreenYard uh, a yellow card uh, had he been on the pitch to make sure that he's suspended for the match. So I think with a fully fit uh, backline, uh, I, I have a feeling that Inter can shut, shut out Milan, regardless of whatever, form, whatever tactic uh, or style of play that they enter the pitch on. And... Regardless, I think we're going to find a way to score. So I hear what you're saying, and I think that you know I really, I really hate the, the away uh, derby. I hate, I hate watching the Miazza in uh, red and black. I really, I feel like there's something, something about it that just like the feng shui uh, really upsets me. <laughs> uh, of those colors the in the stadium. Shui. Yeah, you know, I think <laughs> it clashes with but, the seat color, doesn't it? Red and black. Yeah. It's all, it's all wrong. It's, it's just, it's not, <laughs> it's not good energy. But, I love but, this. This is the best. Re oh my god! Sorry, go. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's uh, it's either a, a, a scoring draw or a, or a, a cheeky win for Inter. I think. Yeah. No, I. I. Uh, there will be no predictions on this podcast be uh, for, uh -huh. for for superstitious reasons. This week. What if we? Predictions. What if we all predict a defeat? Does that work? I don't know. It. Uh, there will be no super. There will be no no predictions this week. I'm sorry. I purposely didn't ask about Frankfurt. I purposely not going to ask about the derby because there will be none. I. I'm too scared. And and I'm 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 like I'm like you know. It's like I've I've become like Jack Nicholson in as good as it gets. Like I don't walk near 
if there's like an edge near a box. Like you don't understand how crazy I am. You're like sort of, you're like Chilino. He's the arch superstition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the number seventeen. <laughs> Every time you see the number seventeen this week, you're just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna sorry, turn the telly off. This is this is uh, no. The, I am I have not been this scared for this derby in years. And and that Piontek guy just I mean and the fact that he's a Milan fan as well and oh it just oh it just annoys me it just annoys me I was I was when when they said I wanted us to sign Piontek that's the thing I wanted Inter to sign Piontek and and when he went there I was so annoyed and I went on this like long tirade in a DM to to a friend in Italy and which he just simply replied. Yeah, but at some point they were going to be good. We, it's not like they were always going to buy the the Luis Adrianos. They they were going to come back. Just Destro. Gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're just gonna have to, you know, calm down. They're, that actually, it's, that, it's, actually it's, that actually that actually reminds me because I was I found myself watching an old video from um, a Sky Italy program about four years ago on YouTube this week, and they they had they used to have all these polls that they'd get users to get in, and the the, the question that they'd ask to their viewers in this poll, I think it was the year that Inzaghi was there. Who should be Milan's starting centre forward? And the options were Torres, Menes, and Pazzini. And I thought, <laughs> we are in a different era. <laughs> We've yeah. come a long way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and 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 that it's not like that anymore. And I used to, I liked it when it was like that. <laughs> I, I liked it when they, <laughs> yeah. that was that this is you know the Milan of the past five years has been my all-time favorite uh-huh. Milan. The mixesses, the you know, I I really like uh, them like that. Salvatore Bocchetti, where are you? <laughs> yes, mother, you know, Philippe Mixes, come back, all is forgiven. So no, so I I I I I'm I'm scared. I really am. And this Paqueta looks like the real deal. Crudy, I want to hear your derby thoughts. Well, I could um, stay with the uh, sort of not me and keep the positivity up and. Um, just go and say, yeah, we're going to win, and that'd be that. And Or I could go with my gut, which says we're yeah, going to um, not do so well. And uh, I look at the, the the old saying in football, the trend is your friend. And uh, Inter right now is not trending too well. I know they got a clean sheet as the aforementioned match against Frankfurt and against Spall. But Spall is Spall. They haven't won a Serie A match since January 27th. I take no satisfaction in that win as far as pounding my chest. It's a win. It's three points. It's important, but... Um, we, it's like a big bully beating up the, the weak kid. Um, I'm not going to, uh, to, to sit there and gloat about beating Spall. Uh, Frankfurt is what Frankfurt is. I think that uh, Inter's lineup on Thursday uh, will be kind of indicative of what, what way we go on the weekend. Um, you know, I, I don't want Inter just to lie down and, 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 and be defeated by Frankfurt without a fight. But at the same time, if it comes down to the two matches, the one I would like more, it's always going to be the derby over some, you know, Europa League match that if we win, you know, how much further do we advance in the tournament? And if we lose, maybe it's a blessing in disguise because then we can focus all of our attention on just getting that top four and returning back to the Champions League. So this is the biggest match of the season for us in terms of Champions League positioning and for, as far as t- top four. Uh, Milan, I every time I look up, they're winning. Every time I've seen them play recently, they win every match that they're in. Um, even Kievo scores, and Milan, you know, turns the game on its head and, and comes back and wins two one. Uh, you know, it's it's um, Gattuso seems to finally have the horses in place that lets him play the style that he wanted. I did not really tactically have much respect for him as a manager coming in, but he certainly has uh, changed my opinion on what he's capable of. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of other managers have failed at Milan in the past five, six years, and, and Gattuso's got them in a position 
finally to 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 realize them getting back in the Champions League somewhere they haven't been since you know 2014 15 I believe um, I'm I'm really worried about this match because um, you know I, as good as you know some of the play in Sp- with Spall, which was uh, Cedric to um, Lataro early in the first half, was really impressive. I was glad to see it. Uh, Lataro, you know whether it's a hand or not, uh, the individual effort given by him on the goal that was taken off the sheet uh, that was brilliant. Um, you know we, we we had some 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 play that that really I- impressed me. And uh, but that's that's Spall versus Milan. You can't really compare the two. And I, like you said, I think Nima, you're right that I think that Gattuso is going to let us come at him. And uh, I think the counterattack is going to be uh, either Milan's Milan's downfall or our downfall. Uh, it, it, it's 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 whoever whoever can either execute or stop it uh, in terms of what they do. I think that uh, they're going to let us dictate the uh, the pace of the match, and then you know um, we better be ready for that for, for when they they come down down the sides, down the wings, and uh, you know at our goal because I think that that, that could be very deadly. I I, I um. You know, as uh, as as much as I want to say, uh, you know, we're we're gonna win. These derbies are so hard to predict. And I, Milan, the one thing that, that 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 they have not gotten on their resume, yes, they beat us in the Coppa Italia in the past couple of seasons, but um, they haven't beaten us in the league uh, for quite some time now. It's been three years, I believe we said. So this is the one thing missing off Gattuso's resume. Uh, I think he'd really like to get a derby win. Um, he's over two, over three now so far. Um, so, um, yeah, this one, this one is one that he really wants and, um, him being a, uh, former black and red himself, uh, this one would mean double, uh, to him. And I, like you said, Nima, I'm very afraid that Spalletti's going to play right into his trap. That's what I'm more worried about more than anything is Spalletti playing right into this guy's trap. And, 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 and he, cause the thing is you, with Higuain, you know, they were, they were just waves crack, crack crashing against a, a brick wall. But Piontek is is that missing piece that you can play like that and, and he can hurt you, really, really hurt you. I mean, the Atalanta game, the goals he scored there, especially that first one, away against Atalanta, when, when Atalanta were playing Milan off the pitch and this guy just gets half a chance and makes that ridiculous, I mean, insane finish. And and the the game's over, you know. It just changes the complete changes the complexion of the game, and and that's what this guy gives you, um, Piontek, and and that's what that's what freaks me out. Well, he makes he makes Milan look like the team that we were at the start of last season. You know, exactly, quite, quite ugly. But if Icardi gets half a chance, you put it in the box, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, you put it in the net. Yeah, know? he puts it in the back of the net. Uh, let's uh, move on to uh, the uh, part of the show where uh, we look back at Inter's glorious history, uh, highlighting a player or a manager worthy of being branded Inter Legends, and presented will be presented by Mr. Critty Smith. Non è un personaggio che che può essere sostituito perché era un personaggio assolutamente unico. Il fatto che abbia sempre pensato e avuto nel cuore due colori, il nero e l'azzurro. Well, gentlemen, there are certain players that we name where some of us get a little bit more excited than the others, and it seems like two of the four of us—Will, not you and me—are very. I'm just, I'm just moderately enthusiastic. I'm a regular (laughs) amount of enthusiastic about this. Mo and Gazers. It's your gazes, son. <laughs> Me and Mo went full on girls at a Justin Bieber concert when when you said yesterday that we were going to talk about this guy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You you two did. Um, 
So, so, uh, he, so his prime years were a little bit before my time. Uh, he was retiring around the time that I was, well, he was not retiring, but it was on his, on his way, uh, on, on the door out uh, of his career, the twilight years. Um, you know, he's, um, part his, unfortunately, a lot of his greatest performances came during a time when the rest of the inter squad was, you know, sort of mediocre or, or, or just kind of on the fringes of the top three, top four. He never, never really um, got the limelight. I don't think he deserved. He was obviously uh, internationally recognized as one of the greatest uh, keepers in the world, you know, uh, recognized as one of the, uh, probably the best Italian keeper for many, many years. Uh, but unfortunately, as I said, until uh, Giovanni Trapattoni came in the late 80s and formed a squad around him, so in the outfield, not just, uh, you know, with him in goal, uh, uh, it was uh, Walter Zenga was, was largely, you know, under the radar for a lot of that period, um, especially in the, in the, you know, the, the 1980s, because we, we, um, we underachieved a lot in that decade. And then uh, when obviously the German trio was brought in, and you had uh, 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 Trapattoni's system in place at that point now at uh, two, three years. Uh, that's when they uh, started to win some trophies, won UEFA Cup, obviously, Scudetto in 1989. So, um, you know, it's amazing. This is another guy that we've talked about. Um, we, we, we said it with Piki. We said it with uh, Facchetti. We said it with Mazzola last week. Uh, how long Walter Zenga was at Inter. It's, it goes back to uh, 1971 all the way to 1994 uh, in terms of him being associated with the club as a player, uh, youth player, uh, senior career. Uh, that's uh, unheard of. It's, 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 it's th- that number, when, when I do the research for these articles, um, you know, of course, everyone's heard of Walter Zenga, but when you look at how, he, how long he was associated with the club in that, in that fashion, it is just mind-blowing. Um, and, and that alone makes him a legend, the fact that he was at the top of his game, uh, no matter what Inter did as a squad. Uh, this is an individual award. Being an Inter legend is an individual award that's based on your statistics and what you do at your position. Uh, and did you help the team or hurt the team? And, and, and my God, did he help this team? He, he helped them in, in, in so many ways. There were seasons where they played 34 matches. He, he, he conceded 17 goals, 19 goals. It, it just 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 unbelievable. And, of course, we all know his nickname, Delta Plano, which is hang glider, um, because of his, his, his length and just his ability to, 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 to stop shots. So I'm going to let the two schoolgirls start first. Uh, Nima, with you, uh, let's, let's talk about Walter Zenga, why you love him so much, and uh, <laughs> what, no, what, what makes no, him an interlegend in your no, life. He, the thing is, for me, he, um, I mean, when I, you know, middle to late 80s and, and that Inter de record, he, was, he wasn't just a goalkeeper. He was, you know, his, his, it wasn't just his amazing saves, his, his un his incredible saves i mean his spider reflexes i mean that's why they called him spider-man um it, w- it was also the fact that he was born and raised in milan he was like and paolo maldini in the sense that he was born in milan he was raised in milan he grew up standing in the curva at inter uh you know he as a youth player um, at at the club he, he you know he, he came up uh from yeah, from 1971 to 1994, he was at Inter, uh, barring a few loan spells at you know Salernitana and Savona and San Benetense when he was really really young, and how he, he was such an important 
uh, he, he, it's so important to have players in a team that want to that, that aren't just winners, but they also understand what the club means to the people of that city. And Zenga embodied all of those things. Uh, he was a leader on and off the pitch. He was a uh, he was from the city. He loved Inter beyond logic. I mean, still to this day, I mean, when he when he tweeted out when when he was overlooked and Mancini was brought back in. And he tweets out saying that you know I was I've twice I've been close to the greatest honor of my life. Uh, I probably won't ever get it, but it doesn't matter because I will always love this club. Um, and and th- that's the thing. I mean, when a, a former panelist of ours, Max Deluca, you know, he, me and him were like, if 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 Walter Zenga is appointed to 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 to, to coach this team. I would never, ever, in a million years, neither one of us would would ask, would ever want him to be sacked, even if Inter were relegated under him. Like that's how much of a hero he is for 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 our generation. Okay, Mo, it's your turn. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have uh, you guys have uh, pretty much uh, covered uh, Zenga's uh, career uh, and all its uh, details with Inter. Um, as usual, I'm like I, I like to reflect when, when with these interlegend stories. I like to I like to reflect on on uh, how how this stuff impacted me growing up. I, I used to love standing in goal when I was a uh, uh, six, seven, eight, nine year, nine, ten year old uh, playing football back in the, back in school and uh, and our uh, the, the the sports store next to where where we buy our gear uh, next to my place at home. Uh, there was a Diadora poster, and there was Zenga uh, in the silver Italy jersey of, uh, oh. um, I, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh. with a necklace, and you know, he had his mouth open with the gum, and, oh. and that was that was my mo in goal. You know, I'd, I'd like <laughs> I'd wear an oversized thing, and they get this um, <laughs> a necklace, and I have a big piece of gum in my mouth. It was all it was all out of love for Zenga. He 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 completely captured my imagination. So uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think. That and uh, and that Konami game where you could choose uh, only either an arcade game, either Inter Milan or AC Milan, and I picked Inter, my best friend to pick Milan. Uh, that and Zenga, the fact that Zenga and the, and the Germans were playing in, in Inter were, were, in fact, the reason why I started support, supporting this club in the late 80s. And um, yeah, so I... I, I I have nothing but amazing memories of this guy, and I got to meet him here in Dubai when he was coaching uh, some club. He, he, I think he, he still spends a bit of his time here in Dubai, and I, I, I bumped into him a couple of times, and it's always just uh, such a joy, you know, and he, he's always so nice whenever he meets yeah. any interviste. He's, he's super, super friendly and super approachable, and just uh, like you say, Nima, he, he understands the value of the club, and he, he's, he's touched by people all the way in Dubai, you know, jumping him and you know, with a camera in his face, and you know, so uh, so yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't for, for for our generation, it doesn't get bigger than than uh, it really does than, than these guys, you know. Like oh. yeah, and like you said, Nima, you said it very well. You know, it's it's crazy, but we are crazy. We're Pazza Inter, but <laughs> to say that you you support him in relegation is 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 what we crazy Interisti, you know stand for, and for no. for crazy crazy people like him. 
Yeah, no, but it really is. It's like he he is so he's so much Inter. He really, yeah. for me, he embodies that club. Like he and yeah. growing up, and like you said, all those things. I remember growing up because because look like his he was so cool that Diodora poster. I remember it so well when you were describing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can see it in front of me, and it was it, it was iconic. It's iconic. Iconic, it's really, iconic. Is yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. It's so love and beyond logic. So, Will, interesting uh, question for you uh, in regards to Zenga. Um, since since he came a little bit, obviously, before you and I, as far as his prime, do you think that because he never won the World Cup and because he only had the one, you know, Scudetto, the UEFA Cup, and in terms of, like, if you rank him, like, if you look at Italian keepers like Buffon, for example, all the Scudetti, the World Cup in 2006, uh, all the success with Juventus, do you think that maybe it's the team success overshadows what Zenga did as an individual when you compare him to someone like Buffon? You know, obviously, who's an, a legend in and of himself. But do you think that maybe we undervalue what Zenga did just because those inter squads were not as talented as some of those Juve squads? But Zenga as a whole was was extremely top, a top of the top of the, the table. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I think so. You know, he he didn't win the World Cup, so you know that's and Buffon did, so that's obviously not uh, that's not going to help him in when you're you're you know evaluating his strength as a keeper. I think quite possibly. I mean, these these things are very difficult because you know it kind of depends who you hang around with as well. Because you know if you speak to Inter fans, then of course he's not underrated because <laughs> you've got you've got fan you've got his uh, his fanboys who. Uh, <laughs> you think that um, you know? You think that he would be happy to go down to to Chi with him as yeah. as manager? Um, you're, you're lucky. You're lucky. Fulvio isn't here because I know he loves him beyond logic as well. Oh, well I mean, <laughs> he he could he could quite possibly go down to Chi this season. He's a he's a has he become a manager now? Um, yeah. He's he's not having a good time of it at uh, at Venezia. But obviously, I can't I can't add to. Um, um, necessarily memories of of and sort of uh, anecdotes that that show you how much Senga loved Inter. One thing I would say is that he was, for a year or so, he was the um, Rise co-commentator for all of Italy's matches. Uh, yeah. He was there in Euro 2016, and he was fantastic. And he would often mention Inter. He'd bring them up and... Yeah, he can't uh, help he, himself. Yeah, he can't help himself. You know, whenever there was a, you know, someone who playing for Inter or, you know... I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head, but he would he would always make it very clear that, you know, he's still very much attached to this club. Yeah, um, he, I would like he, to say that... There's, there's one other thing that he did do for Inter, um, you know, he obviously he retired a very long time ago, but he's still he's still helping Inter reach their reach their objectives and, and grow as a club. Because let's remember, Walter Zenga saved Inter's bacon last May. Yeah, right. He did. If Lazio had beaten his Crotone side on the penultimate weekend of the season, then Lazio yeah. would have been in the Champions League this season. But they didn't. It was a yeah. two-all draw. So you know, even when Inter's current players couldn't get us over the line, he stepped in. As always, Zenga saves Inter. Yeah, as always. <laughs> what, yeah. What, what, all, what else is new? I, and, and you brought up an interesting point uh, to close this out about, yes, Inter, obviously there's fanboys that, that are Zenga fans, there's Juve fanboys that are uh, Buffon fans, but in the eyes of the neutral, if you're talking about someone who follows another league, for example, or someone who just enjoys Calcio as a whole and not necessarily... Uh, you, you're talking maybe a Parma supporter or somebody like that. Just just looking in, and I feel like that Zenga is underrated 
based because oh, his, he doesn't have as many trophies as Buffon in the eyes of the neutral beholder, if you will. Hmm. Probably, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But he still has the record for the most uh, consecutive uh, non not for for the consecutive minutes in the World Cup not conceding. Uh, only a uh, Kanija, he only conceded one goal or two goals in that World Cup, 1990. One was in the semi-final equalizer against Argentina, where Kanija, where he that, he made one mistake that World Cup, and he was in that semi-final in Naples against Napoli against against uh, in Napoli against Argentina, Maradona's Argentina in Maradona's Naples. Um, so no, it was um, it was uh, it, it, he was he that was probably the, what a World Cup final would have been if that Italy had made had played West Germany. Jesus would have been one of one for yeah, the ages. Yeah, I feel like the 1990 World Cup and with Zenga that that that's the one that escaped Italy. That's probably one they should have won. Mm-hmm. But they took revenge on Germany in 2006. So what are you going to do? Yeah, boy, did they! I, <laughs> I still haven't forgotten that one. That, that still hurts. <laughs> I bet. Right. Thanks a lot for that, Critty. Now it's time to, for the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and make uh, criticize someone or something in the world of football rather heavily, starting with this week's uh, Moratti, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Monasa. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Hey, so uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, oddly enough, uh, this week there's a, a bunch of stuff that I'd like to uh, pay tribute to. Uh, I wanted to, you know, uh, give a nod to uh, Lautaro, his amazing performance against Spal, uh, his his really good run uh, run of form anyway since he kind of decided to, uh, you know, exile himself out of the squad. The kid's been uh, nothing but output and hard work and you know uh, he's showing us everything that uh, you know everything that Icardi isn't you know he, he he might not be scoring the goals but he's his link up play is absolutely sensational his uh, running outside the box uh, his passing his uh, running into spaces he, he's you know uh, and he we know he can finish it's just that he for some reason or other he hasn't been getting these opportunities uh, to, to find the finish I also wanted to shout out uh, uh, the frog for being the Morati, also uh, part Morati this week. Uh, I think um, in, a, in a run where we've seen, you know, uh, Icardi really be nothing more than, a, you know, a spoiled brat baby throwing his toys out to the pram. Uh, and we get reminded of uh, the demeanor and the, um, the attitude of uh, our uh, very own Andrea Ranocchia. The guy was abused, uh, humiliated, mm. stripped of his uh, captaincy, shipped away on loan to Sampdoria, shipped away to Watford, I think it was as well. And, and Hull, you know, Hull, every time Hull. he leaves, Hull, yeah, Hull. Every time he leaves, the entire inter Twitterverse uh, celebrates with the memes of uh, Mourinho <laughs> running onto the pitch in uh, the Camp Nou, you know. <laughs> and yet he steps on, you know. Not even he, he isn't even selected as a starting uh, defender when uh, when uh, we know that uh, Skriniar is on a yellow. So uh, Miranda gets selected ahead of him. Miranda gets injured, and the guy still comes on to the pitch and gives 110 percent. You know, so his ability is definitely not in question. We know exactly what he's capable of, which is very little defensively or offensively. 
but his uh, his uh, <laughs> his credentials as a, a bear of uh, the interflags of the uh, you know uh, have to be uh, acknowledged at some point in time. I think this week is as good as any to uh, you know pay uh, pay a tribute to a guy that's me myself. You know, I've I've, I've always ripped the piss off all the time. So so there's that, and then. Just as we're recording the podcast, I've uh, I've got uh, the Roma game, Roma Empoli game on mute in uh, the background, and uh, a, a strong contender for a Marathi of the week just popped up. Our very own uh, Juan Jesus uh, just managed to put uh, uh, a most incredible own goal. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, if, if, if you guys haven't seen it, you really need really, to get on. It really the, was internet. moving. Watching him in the in the derby last week, you could tell that he loved Inter so much. He was desperate to keep us in fourth place. And he's got Santon. And he's got Santon. We got two moles there. We got David yeah. Santon as well. Yeah. No, no, but yeah. really, if, if you guys if you guys haven't seen like listeners, if you haven't seen the goal, please go check it out. It is the most incredible own goal. He he steps up. It's across and heads it into his goal completely unchallenged in his own box. <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting that Mo just described Ranocchia as the Forrest Gump of Inter. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know Pretty what he's much. capable of, That's which brilliant. isn't very much. That is absolutely He's going to give a lot of effort being really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Right. <laughs> Let's... So, yeah, uh, Enough positivity from this <laughs> yeah, week. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Right, let's move on to, uh, on that comical note, let's move on to the uh, frog himself, uh, this week's frog, which we presented by Mr. Will Beckman. E clamoroso! Autogol di Ranocchia! Yep, this week's frog is, well, I think it chooses itself because, uh, you know. <laughs> PSG have done it again. <laughs> Football's favourite bottlers. Oh, it's nice, isn't it, when we see the the uh, the rich, the the establishment, the aristocracy, kind of tumbling down in a in a. Well, I can't think of the right metaphor, but you know what I mean. Um, I mean, humiliated. they were playing Manchester United. It wasn't like they lost against Scunthorpe United. Yeah, but I mean, Nima, come on. One, number one, they were at home. Mm. Number two, they won the first leg two 0 and they could have won three or four. Number three, Manchester United had 10 injuries and they had a load of teenagers on the bench who came on and changed the game. Number four, the goals they gave up were so ridiculously stupid that if you played that game again another million times, they would never concede another goal like that. Mm. You know, and number five, Neymar's face at the end. <laughs> it's a new meme. It is a meme. I've seen a lot of funny stuff on that. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But I mean, at the end of the day, still, I mean, uh, Lukaku is, is Lukaku. He's only 25 years old, and he's a quality player. And he's a player that, if if we're talking about replacing, because uh, they're talking, there's talk of Duvan Zapata. I'd rather have Mr. Lukaku. It'll never happen, but I'd, I'd rather. I I really <laughs> think that guy. Uh, I think he's a good player. Um, and he's 25. What's that? That's no age. I think that the Zapata rumours are just a sort of a dictionary definition of recency bias. You know, he's mm. 27. He's never hit double figures before this season. And now because he's playing well for Gasparini, he's the ideal replacement for Cody Cardi. I just, I just despair. Mm. I, you know, I would, you know. Right. Uh, let's move on to uh, the negative part of this part of this show. Uh, the, uh, the Moji of the week, which I'll be presenting myself.
Um, it's it's not it's not just this week. It's been going on for the past eleven, no, thirteen years now. Juventus, as everyone knows, were sent to Serie B. Well, actually, they were first sent to Serie C for match fixing uh, under Luciano Moggi, and since then. They claim that they are they have changed and you know uh, if they've claimed everything under the sun really but basically Juventus say that they're not the club that they were under Moji uh, and they've distanced themselves from Moji for five minutes because since then Luciano Moji is is a is a is one of the people who Andrea Agnelli makes sure to kiss and hug uh, every time Juventus play at home pretty much and he's always there and. They are now for the millionth umpteenth time. I think the, they've 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 over they've um, appealed the decision to give Inter that uh, for Inter to get that to have that scudetto revoked from 2006. I think to every single court except for maybe family court. Uh, but other than that, they've been to every single uh, appeals instant, and now they're doing it once again, and they're looking like they're going to get turned down again. And it's just, you know, it's kind of hard to take your club seriously that you've changed and you've, you're not the same when you're still, when you've got the guy who did what he did, uh, you're kissing and hugging him uh, at the stadium and you're trying to appeal to get something back that was never yours, which you stole. So for me, the Agnellis and uh, the Andrea Agnelli and Luciano Moji and that whole club is the Moji of the week. Right, uh, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank Sheridan for Sheridan Bird for coming on. I'd like to thank you, Will. Thank you very much. Happy Derby week, everyone. And uh, spare a thought for Nima while you're watching on Sunday <laughs> evening because he'll be behind the sofa with his hands in his head. <laughs> um, I'd also like to thank Mr. Monasa. Hey. <laughs> and our that, dear, was, that our... was the most <laughs> low energy cheer I think I've heard in a long time. Yeah, he, he, it's been uh, it's it been what over an hour. This podcast, uh, it's there the wasn't most, much conviction in that. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, I did. I, I, I hope I, I'm. You know, I'm going to listen to Mo's. Uh, I'm going to listen to this podcast for like every day until the derby and try to suck in all the energy that way as well uh because i'm not i'm I'm scared and also thank you very much mr critty smith thank you Nima. it's a pleasure as always pleasure and until next week uh I, my name is Nima Rutsari, wishing you all uh, europa league qualification and a happy derby week and three points and until next time sempre e solo forza inter 